Hello and welcome again. My name's Jason Barnard and you are listening to the Strange Brew Podcast. Another sort of amazing guest today, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Jim McCarty, drummer and songwriter of the Yardbirds over the past 50 years, founder member of Renaissance, as well as Shoot, of which uh, was the first track today. Uh, you heard Neon Life, and that's from the uh, On the Frontier album released in, I think, 1973. It's just been reissued on Age of Air, so we'll be uh, talking about that today, as well as um, a range of songs from Jim's career. Jim, welcome. Thank you very much, Jason. Lovely to be here. Pleasure. Shoot, tell us about Shoot. You're on uh, lead vocals on that album as well. Well, it was just a project that I started after Renaissance Folded, which was back in the early 70s, um, We'd done a couple of albums, um, you know, with Keith Ralph from the from the original Yardbirds and his sister Jane. You know, we got back on the road again and we sort of didn't quite gel somehow. Uh, it was like we were going back into what we'd done before, what we were trying to give up with the Yardbirds, you know, the endless sort of touring again. We decided to reform, well, not reform the band, but sort of drop out the band and uh, and then sort of take this is renaissance take a, a back seat and for Keith to produce and me to write songs and we we did that sort of vaguely uh i kept in and i wrote a few songs for them and then and then i i got sort of forgotten about because they were starting to write within the band and then um yeah i, I just wanted to form a, a band where i could do my own songs and i thought well i'd like to sing and I could play, you know, I taught myself a bit of keyboard um, and some some acoustic guitar. And uh, so I, I thought, well, I'll play piano and I'll, and I'll sing and uh, did some songs. And, you know, we had a contract and uh, we did an album at Abbey Road. So it worked out quite well. Yeah, so our opening track was The Neon Life. It's just beautifully produced. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It was... Um, Interesting because it was at Abbey Road. Jo- uh, John Leckie actually was the tape op, and John Leckie became a, a you know quite a well-known producer in the in the nineties. Uh, you know he did a lot, he lot of, a lot of sort of Britpop bands and Stone Roses and people like that, and uh, a great guy. And he was just a, he was just a young guy. I think he was about eighteen or something at the time. <laughs> of course, there'll be plenty more uh, shoot tracks later on in the show and uh, a chance to talk about some of your other sort of upcoming reissues as well you know i would be remiss uh, not not to mention the yardbirds of course and that's um, our next track and um, we're going all the way back in time to 1964 on what is you know one of the finest um, live rock albums ever made really we're playing the yardbirds live version of i'm a man from five live yardbirds eric clapton was in the band in that period wasn't he Yes, he, he was in from, not exactly from the start, but more or less the beginning. There was another lead guitarist called Top Topham originally there, but he was uh, he was a bit young for the band and his parents didn't really like him carrying on playing with the band when they wanted him to study and he, was a, he became a very good artist. He, he studied art and went back to that, so Clapton took his place. It was thought at the time we couldn't really get a, great sound in the in the uh recording studios you know for doing a single we we never we never really got that that sound that we achieved on stage for some reason so it was thought the best idea was to do a live album 
and we could get some of that excitement. So we did that five live yardbirds, which turned out quite hectic, but um, it was quite popular. It's fantastic that it's a real time capsule from that that period before some of the sort of more pop hits that you that, that came after. Yes, a lot of the, a lot of those um, recordings seem to be still still sounding good and still quite popular and. That seems to be a thing with me, in particular with my stuff I've been involved with. You know, it's all a lot of it seems to become popular much later than it, than when it's come out. It's it's quite interesting.
after the Yardbirds, I'm a man. We're, we're kind of we are moving into the the sort of more chart era of the the Yardbirds. Um, I've tried to pick some sort of pivotal tracks. This next one, Heartful of Soul. I think this was done by Graham Goldman, but Matt's kind of a bit more experimentation in the studio. Well, it, yes, it was a follow-up to, to For Your Love, which Graham wrote as well. And uh, Heartful of Soul was... Originally, we were going to do that with a sitar player because we, we liked sitar, and sitar music was quite popular, and, uh, you know, it was very sort of evocative sound. And um, we did do a, a version with a sitar, but it didn't really have that sort of uh, sort of grit to it, that balls to it that um, that the record had, you know. And it was only when sort of Jeff Beck imitated it in a way it, we, he got that great sound, um, and it became one of the one of the great riffs, you know, one of the memorable riffs of of the band. Yeah, we're talking 1965 here, so. You know, there's only like um, the Kinks, See My Friends, that that's kind of has a bit more of that Eastern influence in these uh, in this early period. Yes, well, the Beatles did as well, of course. That they were um, they had a lot of Eastern things going on in their stuff. Um, but it was all it was, I think it was all around the same time, sixty five, sixty six. Uh, yeah, their album Revolver had a, had a few sort of Eastern things in it, but. Um, it was a time when all that sort of music from, you know, different different parts of the world suddenly became popular, particularly uh, people like Ravi Shankar and, you know, people from India and, uh, you know, Arabic music as well. And, um, of course, we we used a lot of different influences in our songs and in the arpas, you know. Tell her that I'll be there And 
Talking about the different influences that you were covering under Heartful of Soul, the next song, uh, Still I'm Sad by the Airbirds, got monk-like chanting. Yes, yes, it was an idea by Paul Samuel Smith, the bass player, and um, he particularly liked that sort of vocal music, and um, I think I did as well, you know, Keith as well, we all liked that sort of very uh, evocative spiritual music that came out of monasteries, <laughs> particularly that Gregorian thing. Um, and it just sort of happened, you know, sort of happened in the studio, um, sort of came together, uh, and it had that sort of uh, very evocative feeling to it, had a lot of feeling and, and got, a lot of, got a lot of great feedback from people when they heard it. I think it was one of the more sort of early songs that you co-wrote with the group. Yes, yes, that was that was one of the early songs. Our manager Giorgio Gamowski always, uh, you know, gave us the idea to write songs. He said, "Oh, you're sitting around, you know, travelling or, or sitting in dressing rooms. You might as well use that time and uh, write your own song. <laughs> make make good use of that of that time." And uh, it was quite a wise thing because uh, we started off with "Still I'm Sad" and then we. We wrote shapes of things um, over on the sideways down, happening 10 years time ago. They were all, you know, from within the band. You must be one of the, certainly in that era, one of the few sort of songwriting drummers. Yes, I I, I never really played anything. That was the funny thing. But I, I had, I mean, apart from drums, I never played any uh, any guitar or piano. It was only a bit later when I taught myself after I left the group. But I always had tunes going on in my mind, and I always had ideas for, for lyrics. Yeah, fortunately, with somebody like Paul Samuel Smith, I could work with him, and he could put my songs in, into music, you know, into chords.
mentioned it a little while ago um, in terms of um, songwriting for the Yardbirds and I think this was more of a sort of group effort um, and I think it was the first single to feature Jimmy Page on guitar it's happening 10 years time ago real psychedelic one this yes it was very it was very interesting because um, I think Keith and I thought up the basic tune and, and the idea for the lyrics Sort of very, very straightforward sort of minor sequence, and then um, Jeff and Jimmy came in and put sort of really heavy riffs in it, and Jeff did that great, I suppose what what you call a psychedelic now, <laughs> psychedelic solo in the middle, and became a bit of a classic, you know, rock song in the end. It was uh, it was something else. <laughs> Yeah. 
moving from happening 10 years time ago to another psychedelic classic shapes of things i mean um that's just you were re- really hitting a certain groove in this period 1966 yeah that was probably about the best thing we came up with as a band it was in the time when the band was doing pretty well and we we were off to the states you know we were part of that british invasion it was all very exciting for us suddenly going to america after seeing all those old movies you know back in england and uh you know going to uh, going to california and going to chicago and all those places you'd, you'd just seen films about we recorded that in, in chess studios in chicago you know in the real blues studio although it wasn't really a blues song it was great fun and very exciting for us to record that and it had a lot of that sort of exciting energy and in the recording I think and I think it was probably yeah you know we all put ideas into the pot and uh, I think it was the most successful thing that we we did together. Was this that sort of brief period where Jeff and Jimmy were both on guitar? That was after that that was because Jimmy came in originally on bass and then he swapped with Chris Dreyer and um, there were the two of them and um, two of them playing lead guitar and we did a, a few tours. We played with the Rolling Stones. We did a UK tour with the Stones and I Tina Turner, uh, and that was great fun. And the two of them were like playing, you know, either stereo stereo riffs or, or taking turns at playing lead solos. You know, which if, if it did work, it was really great. But it it did it didn't always work, I must say.
final uh, year or two of the Yardbirds, Matt's a period where the band seemed to seem to get heavier, um, especially with you know with Jimmy Page's guitar, which was kind of almost marking the the, the period where he was going to go sort of later on into Led Zeppelin. The band, the Yardbirds, seemed to get heavier. But was that creating sort of tensions? I've I've read that you and Keith. Uh, we're kind of wanting to go more folk and classical, whereas Jimmy's kind of going on to heavy stuff. Uh, we did eventually. Uh, it did actually work quite well as a, because that was a four-piece. We'd always been a five-piece. But with uh, with Jimmy, um, you know, when, when Jeff had left, we were just a four-piece with Jimmy Page playing lead guitar and Chris playing the bass um, and Keith and myself. So we actually played harder then as a four piece uh we had a bit more space and um we put more into it in a, in a way um but i think in the end we we weren't going anywhere creatively we we weren't creating the the hit records that we'd done before we weren't writing great songs and we ended up of course with mickey most and doing some horrible cover songs you know like 10 little indians and Aha said the clown, which weren't really us. And um, I think Keith and I felt we weren't really creating songs like we used to. And also, you know, we'd had enough of touring around and playing the same songs for years on end and basically just being somewhere else in the world every night, you know. So it was a crazy sort of life. So, you know, we thought it would be nice to do something different for a change. that we split up the band that was 1968 and we've got a demo version yourself and keith singing a you know a lovely song shining where the sun has been oh yes that was one of the yeah one of uh, one of keith's ideas yeah um and it did actually come out i think it was uh used on the little games and more or some one album like that so, yeah that's a sweet song it was quite different to the Yardbirds. um quite soft and gentle Winter's gone, I can feel the summer coming on. The sun is high, but no higher than I. Everything is turning green, growing in the summer sun, shining where the sun has been. Me and you, there's such a lot of things to do. We can go far away, go round the world in a day, or we can stay right here, proving to be all along, heaven when I hold you near. Sitting by the stream, think it's all a dream. Nothing better to be seen, except your smiling eyes that say you will stay and love me till the evening chill brings a thousand sighs.
seemed to almost a, a natural transition into uh, renaissance that sound that yourself and Keith set in in that song into renaissance but renaissance seems to have a, what now is known as, as prog sort of a classical element as well yes well we, we we didn't really start it like that we just got the band together you know from friends that suggested that musicians or uh people we'd heard heard about and then we got that line up together with um john hawkin and uh lewis and armor and, and bringing in keith's sister jane which gave it that sort of fairport idea you know bringing in the girl singer but we didn't really know how it was going to turn out and then we we were just playing some of our ideas and um John Hawkins started to play classical piano in the middle of one of the songs, and we, we said, oh, that, was a, that sounds great, you know, let's leave that in, that's fun, um, uh, and then we de- we developed that, we we made the most of it, and uh, like you said, we became a, sort of an early prog rock band, we put the classical stuff in wherever we could in the end. I had a great, uh, you know, great exciting period teaching myself guitar chords and uh, I thought this was great you know to be able to write songs and make up my own chord sequences as well you know it was always something very magical I I really enjoyed. Just to mix things up um, I've picked a track off the live uh, Fillmore West 1970 album which was released on Angel Air I think last year you know one of Renaissance's great tracks Wanderer how how did you come across in uh, America because I imagine prog rock was kind of a novel thing for them. Yes, we were really early with that. And in the US, they thought, because Keith and I were in the band, it was going to be like another Led Zeppelin. And uh, they put us on the bill with a heavy band like Savoy Brown and the Kinks and Paul Butterfield and all sort of heavy blues bands. So it was very odd for us to have to play with, play on those sort of bills and People were surprised, you know, when we suddenly turned out to be a, a piano-orientated band. But, you know, obviously some people really liked it, and some people thought, oh, no, this is not what we not what we were hoping for. Um, but, you know, it comes across um, really well, and you, you released two excellent albums. Uh. Well, they're all, you know, everyone was was a good musician, and we we played well off each other, and... Um, we, it was a novel novel idea, you know, and also Paul Samuel Smith, back from the Arbor days, he was involved in the production, so he gave a little, little bit of extra too. 
Going back to uh, Shoot, one of the best songs, I, I think, on, on the uh, on the Frontier album is Sepia Sister. It's got a real sort of folk rock feel. Well, funnily enough, that, you know, the, the album, when it came out, didn't really do much on the radio. And um, it was only that track that got picked up in uh, by an American station. I think it was a station in um, St. Louis. In, in the States, and they, they played that track. And ever since that time, I had a lot of email emails from people, a lot, a lot of letters and stuff, saying, um, when can I get that uh, track on a CD? You know, when can I get the album, in fact, on, on the CD? And, we you know, we can only get it on vinyl. And that was the big track that people remembered. Yeah, looking back, playing it now, you know, it has all that feel. It's got the old Mellotron, it's very open and spacey, very uh, very sort of magical feel to it. It is really a nice track. Yeah, it seems to blend Crosby, Stills, Nash feel with a little bit of moody blues thrown in. It, you know, it is strange why it didn't take off. Yes, I, I, was just a, I, I don't think it was just the scene, you know, just getting played on the radio and get to be heard then people probably like it but uh, it was very difficult at that time I don't know why maybe we didn't we didn't get played on the radio because we didn't play enough live the old story really Memory, you will change for sure. I will cast this memory. 
was it like going from the back, from the drums, to being at the front and singing? Yeah, it was quite novel. I mean, I got, I got a, it got more difficult when I had to go. You know, when I played the piano, it wasn't too bad because I could sit down still, still be quite hidden. But um, later on, when we formed Delusion, which was like another Renaissance type band with the same, you know, almost the same lineup apart from Keith. I stood up and sang with Jane, and that was that was quite difficult because I had to stand at the front and sing. That was something quite different for me. Suddenly to to become exposed like that, you know. <laughs> I eventually enjoyed it, and I I enjoy it now. I I like to play a you know solo gig and stand up and play my songs, and that thing a songwriter thing is sort of something a bit special for me. I like that. I like that sort of uh, genre of music. It's great to look back, you know, on a number of these tracks, uh, you know, including the Yardbirds, plus Shoot, actually, on, on the songs that have been recorded by other artists, you know, that, that you've written or co-written. One of those tracks is On the Frontier, which arguably um, was recorded, better known by Renaissance, you know, when they had, um, you know, a com- complete lineup change. I, I'm playing uh, Shoot's version. On the Frontier is, you know, one of the better known of your songs that you've written. Uh, that was the link with Betty Thatcher because she wrote the lyrics. Betty originally was a sort of vague friend of Jane Ralph's because Jane lived in Cornwall for a bit at one time and Betty was from Cornwall and she was a poet. Jane said to me one day, oh, you know, if you're short of lyrics, you know, maybe Betty can write you some, some lyrics or or maybe you could put music to some of her poems and at that time, I thought, well, this is a good idea, I'll, uh, you know, because I was a bit lazy with lyrics, and I thought, I'll, I'll write uh, I'll write some songs around her, her poems, and some of them came off really well, you know, On the Frontier was one, and another song, Bound for Infinity, which was a beautiful poem that I did, I think they, they covered that one as well, they did, uh, the Renaissance um, recorded that. And then she carried on working with the band, you know, after I, after I wasn't involved. And um, in fact, she, she wrote The Northern Lights, which was their, their big song. I spoke to Annie Haslam last year, actually, so it's nice to have that tie-in. You referred to this a bit, bit earlier, um, about, you know, about Illusion, which was, uh, in essence, the original lineup of Renaissance getting back together, minus Keith, who, who sadly passed away. We got talking in the mid seventies, and um, we we just noticed that we were still getting, you know, quite good um, royalty statements for for Renaissance. There was another, ba- you know, the other band was going at that time, and we were getting royalty statements from from our original albums. And uh, we thought, oh, this is good. You know, the album's still selling, so they must still like us. So. Uh, uh, we weren't really doing much uh, individually, so we said, "Oh well, let's uh, let's get together and and do some more stuff." And Keith was involved then. In fact, nothing really got going too well while he was still alive. And, um, and then he had the tra- tragic accident, in sort of 1976, when he got electrocuted. And after that, we decided, "Well, we'll, we'll carry on going." And We'll, we'll change the lineup slightly. We'll bring in a drummer and a guy called John Knightsbridge on lead guitar and 
I said, oh, well, I'll, I'll sing along with Jane and we'll go from there. And, and then songs seemed to come, come out very quickly. And we did that first album. And then second album, of course, we brought Paul in again, Paul Samuel Smith. And we did a couple of very nice albums. Yeah, and, and again, just to mix it up again, I, I've chosen a, a rarer track, which is um, Jane Ralph featuring Illusion and, um, you know, a lovely ballad of yours, Please Be Home. All right, yeah, yeah, that's good. into the the early to mid 80s now and a box of frogs reconstituting uh, certain members of the yardbirds into box of frogs worked astoundingly well i mean 
Back Where I Started, uh, which is a song we'll play next, is one hell of a track. Yes, that worked really well. Um, Paul, Samuel Smith and Chris Trey and I, we were always quite close, you know, we, we never really lost touch. And when we were invited to, to play at the, I think it was the 20th anniversary of the Marquee in London, we, we got sort of a little band together and we played we played all the songs, you know, for a couple of nights and it, it was good fun. And John Fiddler came down, I remember, because John had worked with Keith on the medicine head stuff and then we decided to, to write a few songs um and it, it it gradually blossomed you know the it was very slow to get started we, we were originally going to i think just do like an ep or something and then we wrote more and more songs and eventually you know we did the we did the fully blown album we got some guests in to play and including jeff of course and the stuff jeff played on was great you know and he he played on that track back where I started um, that was the track that got all the radio play you know sort of more or less almost a hit single it's a song that you've um, come back to in the sort of re- reconstituted lineup of the, the Yardbirds as well yeah we still play it and I, and I sing it <laughs> which is which is nice for me um, and I enjoy singing it and uh, it always goes down a storm because it's a real groove you know um and a very sort of old, old bluesy, bluesy sort of John Lee Hooker type groove. And I, I think it works really well.
So from Box of Frogs in, in the 1980s, we're moving to the 1990s. Another band of yours, or another project, Pilgrim and Dream Within a Dream. Is this your music with uh, the lyrics being from Edgar Allan Poe poem? Yes, it was an idea because I was working for a, a company called New World Music, who were originally started out as New World Cassettes, and they used to do... Um, music for meditation and uh, for therapies and, you know, very calm relaxation music. There was a woman there that ran the company called Carmen Wilcox and she had the idea to do the uh, do this uh, album called Gothic Dream which was like songs based on the poems of, of the Gothic poets, you know, like uh, Keats and Lord Byron and uh, Edgar Allan Poe, and um, "Dream Within a Dream" was one of the one of the poems, and uh, that I used, and I did that song, you know, on the Pilgrim album, and then we did it later in the with the Yardbirds, you know, more heavy version, but it was always a great, a very, you know, very strong song.
from Pilgrim and we moved back to the Yardbirds reconstituting. Was that in the, the period following the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? Yes, we well, it was it was sort of after that time. I, I was in a, a blues band. Um, funny enough, I, I got back together with Top Topham, of all people, who was the original guitar player in the Yardbirds before Eric. We sort of started a blues band and we were playing in a, a pub in, in Shepherd's Bush and we met um, an American guy called John Iden who was a young guitar player. He sort of joined up with us and we played all old blues covers and it was great fun, you know. Um, we played in this pub every every Wednesday night and then it sort of really got very, very popular, became like the the inn gig in in London. And uh, it was just like the old crawdaddy in Richmond. <laughs> it was quite funny. From there, um, Top top eventually left and we changed lineups. And Paul and Jeff and Chris used to come down and, and see us play down there, you know. And from there, um, Chris and I got rang up one day by an agent up in Lancashire, and he suggested, oh, we, we reform the Yardbirds and uh, get some musicians together and, and go out and do some festivals and see how that, see how it went. We had a go, and from there on, we, um, we developed it. You know, we liked it. We had a good band. And in, I think it was about 2001, we recorded an album on Steve Vai's label in California called Birdland, which was good, you know, and... The idea was that we we did half the songs, new songs that were, were recorded by the band, and then we did uh, the other half was going to be the old hits and do new versions with guest people. And of course, Steve knew loads of uh, you know famous guitar players, obviously, including himself. So we did different versions with uh, you know people like Slash and Jeff Baxter and. Steve Lucato and Brian May even played on it. And that was great, and it was great fun to do. We'll be playing Crying Out for Love, which is one of the, the new tracks on the album. But I think uh, that, that song holds its own again, and, and John Iden does a you know a fan- fantastic job on that on vocals. 
Yes, yes, it worked well, that song. It did. It was quite a challenge, you know, to suddenly do, you know, a whole load of new songs that were going to live up to the Yardbirds, and uh, that was that was one of them. But, you know, I think we were, we were just about there, you know, song like Crying Out for Love, Dream Within a Dream, they were all, they were all in that Yardbirds feel, you know.
crying out for love by the Yardbirds from Birdland. Uh, Jim, we've we've now got our, our final track, which is uh, a solo track of yours, I think, back from 2009. It's sitting on the top of time. That sounds to me quite like a reflective song. I'd done my first solo album in 93, and then... I got friendly with a um, a flute player called Ron Corb from from Toronto, Canada. Funnily enough, he played on the uh, Renaissance Illusion album. He played on a track called Beyond the Day, which is another another album that's coming out on on Angel Air very soon. Ron suggested I should go to Toronto and record an album out there, a solo album. And um, sitting on the top of time was was the title track. Yeah, yeah, quite reflective. Um, it was quite a nice album to record. Had some nice musicians. I built up a nice thing actually in Toronto. I've actually recorded a new album there, which um, is all finished but hasn't come out yet. I'm just looking for a distributor, so uh, you'll be hearing that sort of probably later on in the year, sometime. I hope. But uh, I was very pleased for that, sitting on the top of time, yeah. It's been fantastic to talk to you, Jim, and just marvel at the diverse range of music you played on, but, you know, most importantly, your songwriting, which is, you know, consistently strong. Thank you. Yes, I, I enjoy it. I, lo- I love songwriting, and I'm always getting ideas, and uh, I've always got a tune going through my head, and uh, I enjoy it down here in France. You know, I get lots of inspiration walking around the walking out in the hills, you know, out in the, in the wild land, so, so to speak. And um, uh, I enjoy it very much. And, you know, I've had a great, I've had a great life in music and uh, it's been, been, I've had a good time. Fantastic. So all the best with the reissue of the, um, you know, it's a bit of a lost classic, really, the Shoot album. Right. Yeah. Thank you. And you've got, um, you know, a wide range of uh, releases that have been released on Angel Air, but I think there's some of the Illusion material coming out on Angel Air very shortly as well. Yes, yes, Renaissance Illusion, that was done uh, around the uh, year 2000, around then. I guess everyone needs to check out your your website for your other activities. So um, and are you still playing some shows with uh, the current lineup of the Yardbirds as well? They're all American now. There's well, there's John Iden obviously in it still, and the other guys are all American. And uh, it's a very, very good band. Uh, and I hope to to come over here and be be great to play a a UK tour or a European tour. You know, because it's going so well on the American tours at the moment. Anyway, Jim, yeah, no, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you very much, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Terrific. Bye.
top of time Sitting on the top of time Sitting on the top of time Sitting on the top of time Time we're living in No need to plan ahead No journeys in your head No looking back upon The days that all have gone No more on a knife edge Sitting on the top of time Sitting on the top of time Sitting on the of time Sitting on the top of Sitting on the 